Welcome into DTC Friday Show Recap Show. Steve and Joe. It's uh, this has become a tradition, even though the last couple of weeks have been a little erratic. Maybe the entire summer, actually. But it's nice to get back into the swing of things. Football happened yesterday for the first time in many, many months. Football that mattered. Uh, although I'll be honest, I, I really couldn't stay awake, and I'll get we'll get Steve's take on uh, last night's game between the two. Uh, I guess, previous NFC champs uh, matching up against each other for Thursday Night Football. We got to talk about the Nationals. Uh, I think we got to talk about Kaepernick and the Nike campaign. Uh, and I also want to touch on some of the stuff that um, that LP and FP brought up with uh, with the guests a couple nights ago, um, specific to the Redskins and Cardinals game that uh, 4 o'clock on Sunday. We'll maybe park that one till the end of the show. But let's start with the Nats. Stevie, uh, last week you and I were both out of country, but still following sports, still you know reading and doing what we do. Geo gets traded, and for me, not just end of era, or not I should say not just end of season at that point, but also end of era. I mean, I, I suppose there's a chance that they can go 22-0 and 0 the rest of the way and maybe get to that 90-win mark or 87-86 win, something in that range, but it's not going to happen. I was shocked that Geo was traded. Some of the other guys may be a little surprised, but with Geo in particular, seven long years, you know, just doing work for the Nats. He was a part, he was in, heavily invested in the community, fan favorite for sure. And, uh, you know, he basically gets shipped out. So what, what was your initial reaction when you heard that Gio was gone? And, uh, I mean, there's no chance you're still holding out hope at this point, right? It's no, over, right? No, I can't. Yeah. It was me and Mike Rizzo were the last two guys holding out hope. And I think Rizzo's, <laughs> Rizzo's on still an smiling. Here. He's still, he's, he's, he's still, trying. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a hell of a poker face at this point. I think, yeah, I mean, it's crazy because the Braves keep on losing. I mean, th- this team has had opportunity after, after opportunity. I mean, you you kind of shudder to think what would have happened if they had kept the, the gang intact, if they hadn't traded their entire bullpen, right, and Kinsler and Madsen and, um, and, and Doolittle gets hurt and Herrera gets hurt. and So, yeah, the Braves keep on losing, but this team's just not going to do it. It's pretty obvious night in and night out. Uh, they're able to stay close to these teams, but somehow able to blow it and find a way to blow it in the end. Yeah, the Geo trade, that was different. It was different than Madsen getting traded. It was even different than Murphy getting traded. I mean, these guys were brought in here as marquee free agents. Geo was a homegrown guy. Geo was, was kind of one of ours. And uh, I think everyone took it a little bit different. I mean, obviously, he hadn't been performing on the mound, but sometimes that doesn't matter. I mean, sometimes, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a connection that you have with these players that is, is bigger than that. I mean, Gio was on the mound for that debacle in 2012 against the Cardinals. We were up six, nothing and uh, he pitched pretty valiantly in, in, in that game. And so um, Gio's had some incredible moments here. I mean, I remember the complete game in Miami after the death of his buddy, Jose Fernandez, there I mean, special moments. So Gio has been, been really a part of this team as, as much a part of this team as, uh, you know, Harper, Strasburg, uh, obviously Zim is Mr. Nationals, but, um, you know, Gio's been right there. And like you said, fan favorite. I remember uh, him at spring training being so kind to me and the kid and, and, and my kid. And um, yeah, I, I hope he kills it in Milwaukee. I mean, he's, he's in a good place there. He'll be contending for a wild card at the very least. Um, so I hope he finds his groove. He'll be a free agent in the summer. I would be shocked if he comes back here because I think he's going to command a lot of attention, a left-hander who can spin the ball. But, I mean, this team right now, 
there, there's a couple of things to watch for. If anyone's looking for a reason to watch, I'll give you a couple of things. Victor Robles looks as exciting as advertised. He's been up for a couple of games here. Got caught, uh, got picked off yesterday, but got on base. Uh, looks good in the field. Just looks blazing speed. Uh, he's going to be really fun to watch, especially paired with Juan Soto uh, out there. And then tonight is a big night. is is a huge night uh, for anybody who who's got the stomach to watch these guys. Joe Ross taking. Uh, the mound after 18 months of Tommy John surgery, rehab, recovery. And, it, and look, and it's uh, exciting that he's coming back. I mean, I think yeah, I think that's absolutely. one thing we can kind of put a golf clap all around that he he's fought to get back and he's deserve. I mean, deservingly so. And and Rizzo, he's going to get his shot right. But this team, when you look at it holistically, you know, to be sitting here in early September, you know, with a foregone conclusion, the season's over, and the core of the team is is just not going to be here next year. I mean, the the guys that we've become accustomed to in the lineup, they're gone. So I can appreciate that you're you're you know you're high on some of these new new faces in town, and hopefully they're going to pan out as well. But this is a team where there's a lot of expectations for this Nats team. There has been in years past as well. It's going to look completely different next year, with or without Bryce. I think Bryce is actually going to become a footnote in the summer. You've talked, you've you've touched on this before. He's not going to command the contract that he maybe was commanding last summer at all. So maybe he stays, maybe he goes. This team is just so far. It's going to look so much different. That is it actually going to make a difference whether he's here or not? Well, I think it will in terms of just star power. I think on the field, I, I think. Bryce, there, there's a lot to be desired from his play this year. I think that if you really look at what you could uh, replace him with, I mean, you're really talking, you're replacing 30 home runs, 90 RBIs. I mean, it's some great numbers. But if you extrapolate Juan Soto's numbers over 162 games, he's up there. I mean, he's played 100 games and he's given you 17 home runs and, you know, 40 RBIs. So really, you know, what 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 are we talking about here? So... Yeah, I, I don't think – I think there'll be a lot of questions. I think the young guys will take center stage when pitchers and catchers report in February. Um, and I think, like you said, Harper will be – he'll be a hell of a footnote, but he will be a footnote. Uh, I think he'll be in new digs. I, I think uh, he'll be in the Windy City. I think uh, he's looking at the team he'll, he'll be playing uh, tonight. Uh, and I think he wants to go there, and I think he'll get uh, money there. I think the only way he comes back, as I've said this all along, is on – a very short-term deal, two, three years max, uh, getting top dollar for those two years and see what he can do uh, in a couple of years to really build another huge contract because he's so young. The 25. Nationals, you know, the Nationals, when you when you take a step back and you kind of look at them within the context of professional sports, they're a very frustrating franchise. Anomaly. I, I mean, it's they, they are an anomaly. I can't really pull another team that is built to be so good consistently that has these peaks and valleys that are are really, I mean, you, you can't plan for them. And when they happen, whether it's the peak like we saw last year or the valley like we're in right now, you just kind of, you know, put your hands in the air and say, like, what what the hell is going on with this team? Like, they're not mismanaged in for the most part. They're they're extremely talented. Even even with these trades, these outbound trades, you look at the roster as it's constructed today. If this was opening day 2019, you'd look at it and say, got a shot to make the playoffs, probably are going to contend for the division, right? So it's hard to look at this team within the context of the talent that they have and the historical context. I mean, I know the franchise is 14 years old in D.C., but as long as Rizzo's here, or for as long as he's been here, him and the learners, they, they've, they more years than not, fielded a very competitive team. And 
you know, I've I've gotten on the manager, and I think the manager has a lot more to do with the success on and off the field than than sometimes we, I guess, either criticize or credit him for. But you look at this team; they shouldn't be where they're at. Period. Right? You look at and and you go back to the trade deadline, and you you said it. Rizzo is on an island. There was a few other people on that island with him that thought, all right, there's gonna there's a run coming. There's a run coming. There's a run coming. It never came. And now football season is here, and you know people are people are already tuned out. But it, it's you just look at it; they're so frustrating. They're weird and frustrating. They they're not mismanaged. They have competent leadership in place. They have talent uh, both on you know on the field and in the farm system below it. You, you just it just doesn't make sense. I mean, they're they're not the Mets who seem to just be terrible every single year. They're not the Kings. They're not the uh, in in the NBA, which are just terrible every single year. Uh, I mean, they're they're not the Redskins, you know, which is more fan hype than anything else. It's just very weird, and it's it's unsettling and it's unfortunate. But I'm not sure what changes you need to make, or or is it just a manager thing? I I, I mean, you you guys always kill me because I'm on the manager, but it doesn't some doesn't some of this have to be on on Davey? Like, doesn't some of it have to be there? Well, I mean, I guess it's a moot point at this point because this past week uh, Rizzo said that Davey's coming back, so uh, whatever is on Davey, he better. He's got, you know, four or five, six months to fix uh, before spring training starts. But, uh, I mean, you made the argument, and I agree with you 100%. This is an anomaly. I love when this I hear is, that, by the way. You, you, you make a decent, uh, somewhat decent argument for the first time. Do you want to tell the that, folks what happened on the basketball court a couple no, months no, ago? No, 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 no. Let's stick, let's stick to the subject, okay? <laughs> stick to the Nats here, okay? There's, there's a bunch of fake news going around the media these days, okay? Um, but you make the argument which is, is, is well-deserved, is that it might be just time to blow up the team for no other reason except bad mojo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I know that ain't a business. That, that's not a business thing, and that's not uh, you know, an analytical thing, and that's not something that you, know, you can prove with facts and figures and numbers, but there is something with this team. I mean, it's funny because the ghost of Jason Worth is going to be honored tomorrow at, at Nats Park, and it's like, you know, you just want to kind of wash yourself clean of this entire team of this. I mean, you're talking hell. I didn't even put Strasburg in that group, Strasburg, Harper, uh, you know, Jason Worth, Zimmerman, uh, all these guys that have been here for so long. There's something in that locker room that needs to be fumigated out that needs the carpets cleaned and just needs this. And that's why I'm hopeful for this infusion of young talent. I think, uh, having these guys without the baggage of what of what that franchise has endured over the last uh, you know six seasons since 2012 really uh, might be a good thing and, and it's something you can't explain but uh, luckily the farm system is ripe with talent and that's a credit to Mike Rizzo. Well, and it'll and time will tell, right? Time will tell what they end up doing. You know, this off season, time will tell what they end up doing with Bryce, what the team actually looks like as constructed next year. I mean, it's it sucks like. You know, coming off the high, it coming off the high of the Caps. Obviously, uh, we got the Mystics in the in WNBA Finals. Like, you just you got Audi Field opening and some hype around around DC United. It's it just seems like a colossal missed opportunity. Yes. Uh, for the Nats, just to keep things kind of and and they had the All Star Game this season. I mean, what 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 an incredible season it could have been. Yeah, it's, down the crapper. Exactly, and and we reset basically for next year and and see what happens. But uh, I'm I'm still watching um, in passing as football kind of takes over here. I'll be watching less and less of the Nats. Uh, I think you 
you know, Reali, Fadi, Matt, I think you guys are, are baseball diehards. You'll still be watching into uh, into the postseason beyond the Nats season. Um, but you know, let, yeah. let's switch gears here. Let's get into uh, let's get into the NFL. Is there a game that sticks out to you, maybe that you're interested in? We didn't do our traditional fantasy football show last year's was, uh, let's say, hectic at best. Um, we had our fantasy draft for those that that care or don't care. Fourteenth uh, season of the league that Steve and I have been a, a part of since the beginning. Um, you know, with its own set of shenanigans and craziness. But is there? I mean, this well, NFL we're in the season, middle of a fantasy brawl right now, aren't we? Uh, we we are in yes. Yeah, so week one week matchup. One. Historically, uh, I've owned you in week one. So and it looks like that trend will continue after uh, oh. yesterday's terrible game. But I got some good fantasy points out of uh, Jay Ajayi. But anyway, let's leave all that aside. The NFL Big season. Game. Yeah, I mean the NFL season is start. It seems like it's a little bit more muted uh, around the Redskins this year. Around the NFL in general, I know the owners are trying to get away from uh, you know from Kaepernick and the anthem stuff. Um, but I mean, in general, the NFL season has arrived with very little fanfare, in my opinion. Like we, we, we just don't have, uh, maybe, maybe it's cause life got busy or maybe cause it's, you know, fans are still a little hungover from, uh, from what happened last year. But I think there's more to it personally. I think when, when players like Le'Veon Bell, um, decide to sit out over $2 million when he's making, you know, triple what most players on that team are making. I think there's a lot of things that just don't resonate with people anymore. There's a lot of entitlement. There's a lot of just... Um, there's a lot of long faces when it comes to fans looking at the NFL these days, but you know, it is here. The season officially started yesterday. Yesterday's game was not pretty. Did you stay up to watch that? Oh, oh no chance. I, I don't know what the delay was about. I mean, I remember growing up watching them play in the rain. I'm not sure why we delayed the game to start yeah, because seriously. of the rain. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, but nonetheless, the game started late and, and I'll be honest by the, by the Falcons failed second try to score a touchdown in the second quarter from inside the 10, I, I was just all out. This was, it looked like a preseason game. It was terrible. It looked, it was awful. That first quarter was terrible. And everyone thinks it was because the defense were great. They weren't. Those no. offenses are pretty bad. Those offenses were bad. They don't get the reps that they need in the offseason. But, you know, I mean, a 12 to 18 game to start the season is not what the NFL was hoping for or looking for. But, you know, looking at the slate of games this uh, this coming Sunday and Monday with the doubleheader, obviously, on Monday, is there a game that sticks out? I mean, are you interested to see what, what the Vikings look like with Kirk Cousins uh, hosting the 49ers? Any interest in maybe the... Uh, uh, the Chiefs, the new look Chiefs, going into uh, Los Angeles to face the Chargers. A lot of hype around the Chargers. Bears, Packers on Sunday if, night. Do I just have to come up with an answer? Can I say no? No, you could say no. I mean, it, uh, you could <laughs> say I, no. I, this is the least excited I've ever been for an NFL season. I mean, I, I can, I can try to force myself into getting excited, but I mean, if I if I compare it to years past, when all the storylines and all the hype for Thursday night, I, I remember. Uh, Peyton on the Broncos that Thursday night where he lit him he lit up the Ravens for six touchdowns and I lit you up I remember he was on my team. I, I remember that. I remember uh, Eagles Redskins Monday night yep uh, the all in for RG three was the return uh, all in for week one all that's I mean th- these are some great memories these are some great uh, uh, stuff that that we had to look forward to this is just one of those seasons where. There's a lot of bad teams, a couple of really, really good teams, and just a bunch of crap all around. I mean, look look at some of these starting court. I can't name some of them, but I don't know who's starting for the Browns, but he probably sucks. I have no idea who's starting for the Jets. He probably sucks. 
So, um, okay, all right. Hold on a second. It's it's uh, to Rod Taylor, as I've learned from Hard Knocks. Okay, a backup from Hello. Okay, and very Darnold, good. And uh, Sam Darnold starting for the Jets. Okay, uh, pretty boy from USC. These are great. I mean, this is wonderful. I mean, look how many starting quarterbacks around the league just suck. Um, I mean, you have a, a, a the one I'm interested in seeing is the Raiders Rams that second Monday night game. Obviously, I got Gurley on my fantasy team. I want to see Gruden. Everyone's been giving him crap for everything he's done. He turned them into a senior citizen team. Um, he did. And I want to see if the Rams are legit. I mean, they're calling. I mean, we're talking about a Super Bowl contender with Jared Goff as the quarterback. I mean, if that doesn't tell you enough about the NFC and, and how ridiculous it is. Well, it's. Um, I think it's. there's a resurgence here in, in the mediocre slash above average quarterback. Like, there's a renaissance right now around the league for those types of guys, right? Like, you look at, like, a Case Keenum with the with the Broncos, right? And and you look at that team holistically and you're like, uh, maybe they were just a quarterback away or maybe they're a quarterback away from making the playoffs. Uh you look at I mean obviously here in Washington with Alex Smith. I mean, I don't I think we can conclude now that the fall off between going from Kirk to Alex it, it's a push at it's a push by pretty much all accounts. You know, but you you look just around the league, there isn't outside of of A-Rod Brady's 500 years old. I mean, there isn't that stud. Breeze, I mean, he had issues last year. Uh, Philip Rivers is kind of the, you know, with the old timers on this one as well. But there's a, I mean, there's a lot of younger players. This is like a renaissance year, I think, for the NFL. The problem is no one's paying attention. And, you know, we can't avoid this topic. And I think it's time for you to admit that I was 100% right. <laughs> Kaepernick and the, the anthem, it, it's hurt people's, I mean, people just don't pay attention to the NFL the way they did before. And Nike, like you made a huge mistake with with making Kaepernick the face of the 30th anniversary of the Just Do It campaign, and and I mean the the media the media backlash like this again proves that Twitter is not the real world and trying to win fans over on social media is is a futile effort in like in a capitalistic in, in like in business it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, you want a bunch of retweets for Cap and his fro saying he sacrificed everything. He didn't sacrifice shit. Like, come on, man. Like, let's be real here. You got the Fraternal <laughs> Order of Police basically coming back and saying, like, ultimate sacrifice is death. This guy got paid millions of dollars and is getting paid millions of dollars to do nothing. So, um, like, it's this was, a, I think, a big mistake by Nike. I'm not, like, a boycott this or that type of person. But this was just a, I mean, they, they found a way to capitalize, I, I suppose, on an extremely small niche market and the next time somebody unfortunately passes away whether rightfully or wrongfully so um you know whether they pull a gun on the police or not or whatever happens nike will be out in front of it and i guess that's i suppose that could be a brilliant marketing campaign but the social media warriors that are out there applauding nike they don't they don't care about nike as a company they don't care about the bottom line nike's in this to make money and i'm not buying that this is the way to do it i did see the commercial last night uh, people were right to say that it was it was out of context. Like Cap is a small part of a much bigger commercial, and the commercial itself was fine, but I- I'm just not buying it. And and frankly, I don't think fans are either, man. I I think I think the NFL is going to suffer yet another down year because of the anthem controversy in and not showing it on TV. I suppose that's one way to handle it. But I mean, the NFLPA uh, or the NFL owners basically came out and said everyone's going to stand. And then they had to backtrack it because players who I don't think totally understand the issue were like, no, you you can't silence us. And we're right back to where we started. So, uh, I mean, do you have any thoughts on the cap campaign on Nike? Just do it. This whole he's being blacklisted. And I mean, 
I, I, don't, I, I, I don't buy that either, personally. I think he was a terrible quarterback. In his life. Once he went vegan, his, his arm strength went to shit, and he couldn't... I mean, he was just not good. He got beat up by Blaine Gabbert. So, like, he's not that good. I, I don't have as many thoughts as you do on this, but what I will say is um, the Nike announcement with Kaepernick totally taints what he was doing, and, and it totally kind of undermines what he was doing, and it shows that this was kind of a very well-orchestrated... I mean... Part of the appeal that I think a lot of people had towards Kaepernick thing is that it was very grassroots, very spontaneous, very kind of, uh, you know, uh, just out of the blue and, and, and out of the ordinary. And uh, this is the exact opposite of it. Now this is very orchestrated. This is very choreographed. It just shows that uh, there was a larger entity kind of pulling the strings here. And I think it goes uh, to show really what Kaepernick's all about. And I don't know if you, you saw Josh Norman's comments about Kaepernick, but he called him a fraud. And he said, look, that, you know, when the guns, when the bullets were flying and, uh, you know, the NFL was trying to have these these constructive conversations with players, Kaepernick was nowhere to be found. And why was he That's nowhere right. to be found? Because he didn't want to have the conversation. He wanted to be the poster child for this movement and he wanted to maximize his profit. And he, it probably would have hurt his street cred if he uh, was actually involved in constructive conversations about it. So I, I think... I, I think there, you know, we can distinguish between Kaepernick as a fraud and his cause, which has been picked up by many people who probably are not frauds. Um, but I, I think Kaepernick as a person, is he being blackballed? I think um, if this anthem thing had never happened, I think there would be a handful of teams that would have kicked the tires on him and possibly brought him in in a backup position. But I think uh, as nobody, any nobody, employer, nobody wants to deal with the circus. Nobody wants exactly. to deal with the circus, right? And, and it's totally this. their prerogative. Sure, we saw this with Mike Vick. We're still seeing this play out with Ray Rice. Ray Rice is in better shape now than when he was been playing, but no one's going to bring him in to work him out either. Like these guys aren't trying to file uh, collusion lawsuits, and and it, it, this is just whoever's advising Cap continues to make uh, is continues to advise him very poorly. And frankly, Nike, I, I don't know what they thought they were going to gain. By putting his face and his his hair out in front and saying we're going to give you your own line, like I don't get it. Or like just our woke social justice warriors are going to go buy like Cap, uh, Kaepernick gear from Nike because he's the poster. Like I don't I don't get it. It's it's very odd. And frankly, in the in the first within the first thirty six hours of the campaign being uh, being launched on Monday, obviously it got a lot of run pretty much coast to coast on Tuesday across like sports talk and just ready regular news. Obviously, this is mainstream news at this point. Nike Nike dropped almost four billion in market cap, right? And that that's that's before people started saying whether they're gonna like boycott or burn. You have you have a few schools, private schools in particular, that are are making switches to a different uniform provider for their athletic clubs. Like, I think that's always gonna be the minority that knee jerk reaction to just boycott a brand. It never lasts, um, and frankly, it 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 doesn't work when. Uh, like the only the only time I can remember people truly rallying around a business uh, over a social uh, over a social issue was Chick Fil A and like and and it was it was so pronounced. I mean the conservatives all like country end to end everywhere in the country if there was a Chick Fil A like somebody somehow every conservative felt the need to go support that business and frankly uh, Democrats too and it was over the um, I believe it was over the founders' thoughts on on gay marriage, if, I, gay, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? So that's the only time I can recall that people truly responded to in a, in a positive way or a negative way, for that matter. Like, well, it's kind of it's unfair. The guy had the twelve piece nuggets behind him. 
<laughs> That's Who fine. Who doesn't love fine. those nuggets? Okay, but incredible. Nike, Nike, Nike losing four billion in market cap space. I mean, some millennial sitting in Nike offices. I mean, just imagine sitting in that meeting, right? And somebody's like, "Well, what do we want to do for the thirtieth anniversary of Just Do It?" Right? We got Wayne Gretzky. We got we got Michael Jordan. We got all the, the entire roster of NFL athletes. And and some you know ding dong millennial sitting there is like, oh, "Let's make Kaepernick." The face of it, and let's have him read hey. this ridiculous quote about sacrificing everything. Joe, uh, call him the ding dong millennial. You wouldn't be talking about it if there was Jordan at the face of this. You wouldn't be talking about it if it was Gretzky. So mission fair. accomplished, ding dong millennial. Okay, but four mil- four <laughs> billion with a B in market cap dropped in in thirty six hours. I mean, that's I'm sure someone's getting paid money over there to make sure things like this don't happen, right? Right. Well, the ding dong millennials' job is to get people talking about it. The problem is Great. that doesn't yeah. always equal. We did it. Yeah. Good job. That's what I'm Very good. Very good. It, this is the same reason that the ESPN morning shows that were like you know supposed to be like the uh, like these pseudo talk the woke hour the woke hour like all of them got trimmed or cut. Michelle Beadle basically came out and was like, I don't even watch sports, and they they promptly removed her. I mean, it, is I I thought you would have an ode to uh, ESPN on there. I think it's the. I just saw something on Twitter, 30th anniversary, 50th anniversary of their creation. I didn't know that. But I, I will tell you, as a um, as a new subscriber to ES, ESPN+, Plus, I, it, it pains me to say it, but that's that's four bucks really well spent a month. The the programming on that <laughs> is actually great. Uh, and it goes beyond fantasy. I mean, it, I mean, they got Italian soccer on there. They got all kinds of stuff on there. I'm actually thoroughly impressed with it. There's a lot of baseball on it, too. Uh, I didn't realize how many how many sports rights ESPN actually owns, and they're always limited to show stuff between uh, uh, what ESPN one, two, and uh, whatever ESPN three or watch ESPN. Ocho. No, no, the Ocho. I, I mean, they got a ton of channels. <laughs> you, you're right, they got a ton of channels. Um, you want to talk about Tiger? The resurgence of Tiger. Tiger keeps playing in tournaments, man. I didn't think he had this in him. Yeah, he's, he's, he must be back on the mojo. He must uh, he, be he's got something, he must right? Be slaying it uh good for him no this i don't want to talk about tiger it's not a major it doesn't matter okay any thoughts on the uh, new york times reporter trying to bait him into bashing trump last week and tiger basically saying uh respect the office and everybody you know went bananas over such a benign comment no i think the new york times has got bigger fish to fry right now okay they're posting anonymous op-ed reports well, I'm not. Are you surprised? I'm not surprised. That's barely a news organization. It's you, closer to a comedy. Do we group. want to take bets on who it is? Uh, is there is there sure. uh, betting lines? <laughs> I haven't checked, but I, I'm Sarah, sure Sarah Huckabee's got to be up there. I'm sure there is somewhere. What, well, what else is going on in, in your world that you want to? I think we should tell people about the basketball game uh, that you and I had a few nights ago. You want to talk if about? If you want to, if you want to wade into those waters, Joe. Okay, uh, this is. I mean, two of three. I don't know how ball, it ends. I don't know how lie, it ends dude. well for you. <laughs> ball don't lie. I mean, I, I had to. I had to rely heavily on my teammate. But I got, there's no shame in saying that. Uh, you, you. Uh, I'm saying, you know that when I play, it ain't two on two. It's one on everyone. Okay, it's one against everyone. I'm playing against everyone, and I proved that I'm still the best player on the court. That's well, right, all but, that matters. But, but two of three losses is. Uh, I mean, it's got to hurt a little bit, right? Uh, lucky. Lucky, I outplayed you, so that that's really my my major goal. I had three blocks. See, for those that don't know, this is yeah. See, for those that don't know, this is you had one and one kind of sloppy, and you definitely fouled me steal, but that's fine. We'll we'll let it go. <laughs> oh, the I pickpocketed you from behind. I remember that. Yeah, well, the ball was overinflated. I, I was just dribbling too high. It was, just, it was a little. I'm not sure what happened on that play. I'm not sure what happened. But anytime we go shirts and skins, it's fun. It's fun for us, not fun for anybody watching. But 
Yes. And so be it. Yes. And then no, there's no video evidence of anything. Last topic for today. Redskins at Cardinals, 4 o'clock Was Sunday. Elon Musk smoking weed yesterday? Uh, he, we can't confirm what he was. What It looked like a, yeah, it looked like him and Joe Rogan were. Uh, Why is he having so much more fun on his podcast? <laughs> Uh, probably because they're co-located in the same spot, and but uh, that's just my theory. But uh, give me give me your thoughts on Redskins game one. What do you expect? Give me a score. Give me a winner. MVP. I'm a little bit higher on the team. I was looking at the depth charts, uh, the official ones they released the other day, and um, I think this offense could be better. I hate myself for talking myself into this team uh, right before the season, but I think um, I think they're actually going to look good. I think the offense is going to look good. I think uh, defense still secondary is totally suspect, but I think they can get by against the Cardinals uh, team that, you know, who are they rolling out? Fitz, uh, obviously David Johnson is their number one. Uh, help me out with the starting quarterback. I can't. I'm blanking on him too. Um, it's that donk that came over from um, oh, Stevie. It's not Case Keenum, right? He's in Denver. No, it's not. It's uh, Sam Bradford, the surgeon. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to be facing uh, an incredible offense. Uh, I'll be interested to see what that defensive line looks like, how much pressure they can get, whether Jonathan Allen come back from injury, Deron Payne, uh, and of course, Preston Smith and Kerrigan on the outside. If they can really get consistent pressure, this team could look very different. I mean, if they're able to offset some of the difficulties that the secondary was surely going to face with Quentin Dunbar and some of the young guys in there, um, then I think it, it could be an interesting team. I, we, I mean, Philly definitely didn't seem like a, a world burner last night. So I think this could be a wide-open NFC race. Obviously, uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are always a threat. Obviously, the Rams are, 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 are looking to build off of uh, success last season. So I think there's a wide-open NFC, but I think this team, uh, as presently constructed, uh, if they stay healthy and injury-free, which is a big if, uh, I think could really make some waves. I think uh, they'll play Arizona well, and actually, I think they'll pull off the victory. I'll say twenty-seven, uh, twenty-four uh, skins. Not bad. That's quite some analysis. I didn't expect you had that in you. I was expecting maybe a score and like uh, some rando injury news or something. I, I didn't expect. I'm I definitely. I'm. I didn't think you had two minutes. Yeah, I didn't think you had two minutes. But it's like you were talking about for a second. <laughs> so, look, I got the Redskins winning this one, too. I think Adrian Peterson is going to surprise some people. I like him for, let's say, 12 carries, 60 yards, and uh, and let's give him two touchdowns, um, similar to what Ajayi did yesterday uh, for the Eagles. I think Alex Smith is going to have a, a nice season. I think at the end of this year, we're going to be talking about Alex Smith as, again, a top 10, maybe top 8, top 7 quarterback, with right around that same spot. Um, maybe a, a smidge below where, where Kirk will end at the end of the season uh, with Minnesota. But I'm excited to see this team too. I think they've they've flown under the radar a little bit more than usual. Uh, the Darius guy's inju- injury sucks. I mean, I think we were all extremely high on him and or at least warming up to the idea of finally having a running back like a true bell cow, like somebody who's just going to carry the rock, you know, maybe, I don't know, 200 times throughout the course of the season. But Nonetheless, I think I think there's some pieces here that are still worth getting excited for. You know, Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis and some of the the double the double tight end packages that they've that we've seen out of practice this week. Those could be interesting and kind of fun to watch. Uh Doxon, I mean, I'm not really expecting a whole lot of, out of him, 
But that being said, he's going to have an opportunity. He's he's hopefully he's healthy and he can he can we can see what he's got. But this defense is really what I'm most excited to see. There's it's younger than it's been in years past. Yes, there's still some holes in that secondary, but but that front four, front seven, the linebacking core, I, I'm excited to see what they can do. And and Arizona is kind of a middle of the pack team, similar to the Skins. This is the type of game that they have to get. They got to go in there. They don't have to dominate, but they should win this game. And frankly, I think you, you look at the Eagles and the Falcons yesterday, two teams that should be in contention for uh, you know, postseason berths. Forget about seeding for a second. I think the Skins will, will look better than both of those teams just because of continuity uh, on the defensive side of the ball. At least that's what I hope. So I'm, I'm a little high on the Skins right now. Uh, now, certainly if they go up and have – if they have just an absolute dud – uh, I think that changes everything, but you know, frankly, if I wouldn't be surprised if they blow out the Cardinals, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a close game either, but I am excited to see what they can do. I'm excited to see what Jay, uh, puts together, you know, and, and I want him to get, you know, he's never won an opening, uh, a week one matchup. <laughs> Isn't that something? Doesn't, doesn't surprise me. Yeah. He's 0 four. So maybe the fifth time is the, uh, is the lucky charm for him, but I, I'm looking forward to the game. Um, you know, it is the season for. Over excitement, right? If you can't yeah. get excited week one, if they can, what are you, what are if you they doing? Can, if they can, if they go two and zero, oh, I think it'll be a very different town with a much different hype around the team getting into some of their uh, into the bulk of their schedule. But Arizona's a winnable game. Indy's a winnable game. I think it, these are the games that they have to win because it will get tougher as the season uh, progresses. Mm-hmm. But anyway, any final thoughts before we put a bow on this one and get ready for our weekend? No, no, no. Let's. Uh... Nice weekend here in D.C., completely raining, but at least there's football on Sunday. Yeah, we got sports. We got sports, so we'll be be fine. Thank you for making time, Stevie. For Stevie, my name is Joe. Thank you for listening. This is the DTC Podcast, still called Defeating the Curse. We'll see what the name becomes. Excited for Redskins Game 1 on Sunday. For uh, for the entire crew here, make sure if you didn't listen to the preview show that LP and FB did, uh, check that out. It was posted yesterday. More content to come, and Razzle will be joining the podcast on Monday to recap the Redskins' opening uh, opening uh, week matchup against the Cardinals. So stay tuned for that. Thanks, as always, for listening. This is DTC, Stevie and Joe signing off. Have a great weekend. We're out.